1: The Rebel in the New Science Revolution aimed at exploring the nature. Project Jill Hansen.
2: All right, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Q Science Project on the KGRA Digital Broadcasting Station. I am Jill Hansen, your host in exploring the nature of consciousness, perception, and reality every Friday night from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern. On this episode of the Q Science Project, we'll be diving into the present realities of mind control. Big Brother Technology, and the Conspiracies You Should Know About. With me is Axel Balthazar, the author of Project MK Ultra and Mind Control Technology, as well as Big Brother Technology, Prism, X-Keyscore, and other spy tools of the global surveillance state, and third book, Project Stargate, and Remote Viewing Technology. Axel began working with David Hatcher Childress in 2010. He is a graphic designer at Adventures Unlimited Press and co-writer of Strange Tales Weekly as well as a volunteer designer at IANS, which is International Association for Near-Death Studies. And he's also a volunteer editor at Wikispooks. Axel, thank you so much for being here tonight. I'm excited about our conversation.
3: Awesome, thank you for having me. I'm excited as well.
2: I'm really excited. This is one of my favorite topics of all time. Um, And if there wasn't so much darkness to it, I would probably go full board into it. So I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, let's start with just a little bit of a background on you, of course. Um, my intro was very brief. So <laughs> how is it that you got into basically um, you know, covering and diving into these fascinating topics?
3: Well, I grew up in the 90s uh, with a healthy dose of unsolved mysteries and uh, X-Files and coast to coast. So that's kind of where I got interested in the paranormal and that led into you know conspiracy stuff. Um, I found David Icke books in the early 2000s. Um, started getting to that, and 9/11 happened. And I was always kind of skeptical right off the bat about 9/11, and got exposed to Alex Jones' uh, alternative theories on 9/11, and that was kind of like the big uh, red pill that sent me down the rabbit hole. And you know, I owe a lot of it to the internet and just diving into uh, weird forums late at night and uh, torrent websites. Uh, there was an early conspiracy forum, rumor mill news, uh, was on that a lot, and came across the MK Ultra collection in some torrents and started digging into those. I always found what was so interesting about MK Ultra is that. You know, the documents were actually there, and you could look at them yourself. And, you know, if they weren't there, nobody would really believe it. Um, Well, you know, some people would believe it, but, you know, we have actual proof. Uh, So, yeah, I found that interesting. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just been a lifelong interest in the paranormal and uh, all that.
2: Now, when you met David Hatcher Childress, was, was this when you were writing the books? Or what, what was your introduction there?
3: That was uh, pretty random. I just randomly went into his bookstore. Well, I say random, but I don't really... In Illinois? In ran- yeah, in <laughs> Illinois. Yep.
2: Awesome.
3: don't really believe in random, but I uh, no. went to his bookstore and uh, Adventures Unlimited, which is cool. It's like in the middle of absolute nowhere, Illinois, and, um, you know uh it, it's just cool it's not something you would expect you know in the cornfields but um that's part of the journey uh part of the uh, it's like a destination and yeah um, yeah for sure so yeah i went there and just started working for him shortly thereafter i met jerry e smith who wrote two books on harp he was working at the bookstore at the time um he wrote harp the ultimate weapon of the conspiracy and weather warfare was the other book and he passed away um, from pancreatic cancer. And uh, I started working at, when, when he passed away, basically. And, uh, um, at the so bookstore? Not, yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Did you live in Illinois already or you moved there? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, I would just so, go there. <laughs> just I, lived like, go. I lived like a half hour away. At the okay. Time. And somebody had yeah. known about the bookstore and they knew that I would love it. So t- brought me there. Okay. And uh, yeah, just started hanging out with David. We've um, become close friends in the ten years that I've known him. Gone to Nepal together, uh, London, and stuff like that. Uh, wow. So yeah, it's been it's okay. been fun. And yeah, he published he published a book. So uh, yeah, I wasn't involved in the. I never thought I would ever put out a book at the time when I met him. You know, but he helped. Uh, you know. He's always he's always been very encouraging. He, he's a real down to earth, uh, genuine dude, and uh, mm. always encouraging people to do stuff like that. So, yeah, I owe, owe a lot of it to him.
2: Yeah, and I have to say, I have both books right here with me. Um, I love the format that you chose for these books because you can tell stories to your blue in the face. Mm. You can, you know, retell and tell third three, four, five times stories that have been told. But until someone actually sees the evidence, when you put it in front of them, Mm -hmm. that's your best chance for bringing something into someone's reality and having them actually question what's real and what's not. Um, Mm -hmm. So these books, absolutely fascinating. Um, For anyone who hasn't read them before, um, they're basically a compilation of all of the documents that Axel has found in his research. Um, So it's all right there. Forget Conspiracy Theory. Most, most of us are on board with the fact that it's not a theory. it's the real deal. Um, but for anyone who's still on the fence about it, here's the evidence right here um, Now I have to ask you before we dive into the actual you know the, the gritty meaty topics themselves, I do want to talk a little bit briefly about your research because in this field um, in any field and but in this one I think specifically, because there's so much is so much misinformation and disinformation, how is it – what's your fact-checking? Like how does – how do you, A, find the information? Um, what are your resources? Um, and then how do you fact-check? What What is it What is it that, I guess, m- means something has passed the sniff test for you?
3: Um, yeah, I know what you mean. There's just so much misinfo, especially now and with like with the Epstein stuff, especially. Yeah. I've noticed a lot lately. It's like people just – it's like they decide they don't like a celebrity, and suddenly the celebrity has bet on uh, the flight logs, you know. Uh, I've seen a list. It's interesting, it isn't like it? completely like made up. Stephen Hawking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. Uh, some methods. I use uh, CIA reading room since we have the Freedom of Information Act. Uh, you know, we have access. Um, ho- hopefully uh you know, giving us real stuff there, but uh, and
2: that's the question, right? And so yeah. I guess that that's ultimately my question is uh, how do you trust what your, the information you're finding there? I mean, are mm. these, are these, uh, real documents? Are they, um, plants? Like how, yeah. how do you, for your research and your, um, you know, perception of the reality of things, how, what is mm. your sniff test? How, what, how do you um, determine for yourself whether something is or is not you know affirming a, an agenda of some sort
3: right um that's kind of hard to uh, quantify uh, specify um <laughs> and i acknowledge
2: uh, that it's a really tough question and virtually no <laughs> scientists on the planet would be able to answer it so
3: right well uh i have a uh, academic account um from my old school. Uh, for some reason they like never deleted my account so I can go through all the academic journals. Um, oh, and wow. I find a lot of Brilliant. stuff in there. So like, I would suggest anybody even just go to a community college and take, get some cheap class or something and just to have access to those. Cause those are really good. Um, so that would be, you know, a trustworthy source, I think. And I do believe, you know, a lot of mo- all of the MK Ultra documents are legit. Um, I guess the question is like, uh, like with the Project Stargate stuff, they say mm-hmm. stuff worked so well, but you know maybe they were just like justifying themselves or something. But um, I
2: don't. I I kind of feel like that's one of those areas where the evidence that I've seen is is legit because I've experienced mm-hmm. it myself too. Though I think that that's mm-hmm. another layer. So it's one mm-hmm. thing to take someone else's evidence or experience but when you have an experience yourself that totally affirms that something exists as it's been mm-hmm. portrayed to exist um mm-hmm. that's a pretty powerful motivator and-
3: yeah and they, they do have you know in-depth scientific studies mm-hmm. in that collection um so it is legit it's just like i mean there's so many layers on this you know like yeah um, but on the surface layer obviously just look at websites you know you don't want to um, just these like sketchy websites that are popping up, um, like, you know, stay away from those, like click, clickbait stuff, you know, obviously. Um, but I use, um, there's the BlackVault.com is good. Um, John Greenwald uh, mm-hmm. runs that website, and uh, he does a good job. Uh, he, like he d- puts in a lot of the Freedom of Information Act requests himself and organizes everything. And um, so, yeah, that's a good one for people should check out. A lot, a lot of new, like, UFO documents up there, too, uh, different subjects. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's a little intuition goes into it, too, which is not, um, you know, something that you can scientifically go right. by. But um, I'm, I'm totally into intuition. And Me, too. <laughs> I,
2: absolutely, 100%. So, yeah. Um,
3: yeah, I don't know. I, I guess people don't even do, like, the basic googling stuff I mean, they see an image come across facebook feed and suddenly they believe it but you mm-hmm. should at least you know start googling the things that you see and you know people will be skeptical of google and stuff but you can obviously find a lot of factual stuff there too yeah um, but yeah just uh, just taking the time to look into look into it all really
2: Yeah. 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 And I appreciate you sharing that with us because I know that we're in a really difficult time where it's very difficult to know where to look, not just for these specific topics, but just across the board. Um, Mm -hmm. it's hard to trust information knowing that, you know, you click on one page, it says one thing, the next page there's supposedly scientific evidence or some evidence to the contrary. Mm -hmm. Um, so hopefully, Um,
3: yeah, and will we ever know? I don't know. What is truth? <laughs> I don't know. That's just a whole nother rabbit hole.
2: We will answer that answer question in this, on the show. Um, okay, great. So let's go ahead and uh, get into MK and k Ultra. Um, why this topic specifically? Why did you choose this topic to write one of your books about?
3: Um, like I said, I think it, it was... I found it interesting that like the documents were actually there and you could see them for yourself mm-hmm. and you, you can just pour through the thousands. Uh, there's 20,000 documents that were uncovered in 1977. Uh, but to me, yeah. And just mind control in general is an interesting topic. Yes, um, uh, And just at first, you know, you're like, you just can't believe that they would actually do something like the rumors you hear about LSD and all that, but um, so really just like the wow factor got, got my attention mm-hmm. and just the fact that the documents survived, um, probably just one of the top, you know, conspiracy uh, stories out there ever, you know? Yeah, um, and
2: that's proven to be true, right? Not, right. Not mm-hmm. all conspiracies find, you know, the truth is revealed, but they happen in this case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So yeah, and I just uh, I'm an investigator. I like to dig dig in stuff and uh, spend lots of hours just digging through the uh, the documents. Yeah. For interesting stuff.
2: Awesome. So, how, where did it all start with Project MK Ultra?
3: Um, it took place in like the 50s and 60s, and. Uh, it was brought to the attention by uh, to the public, by the church committee in 1975. Um, The CIA gave a speech about, it was Alan Dulles. that gave a speech about uh, prisoners of war in North Korea and, uh, in the Korean war, they were saying that they were mind controlling American soldiers. Uh, so, you know, we had to do it better. And so it's the justification, you know, like trying to do it better than the Russians and the mm-hmm. Chinese. Uh, so that's what started it. And um, so they just started experimenting. Uh, they brought over, uh, you know, Project Paperclip brought over Nazi uh, scientists who were, starting to learn this stuff in concentration camps, uh, apparently. And so they absorbed a lot of them and their knowledge. And, uh, yeah, they just started, you know, using people uh, without their consent and dosing them with LSD and whatnot. Somebody would go into uh, the hospital for depression and end up, you know, dead because they dosed the – like one guy, they um, gave almost a half a gram of MDA – Uh, injected him with it which is uh similar to mdma uh ecstasy and yeah he he died from that um but yeah so you know they're just trying to you know learn how to mind control people how to create manchurian candidates uh that could do the cia's bidding assassinations and not remember what they did and uh it seems like they were successful with a lot of it um I believe maybe uh, John Lennon's assassin, uh, Mark David Chapman was under mind control and he was obsessed with the catcher in the rye. And this is one of the um, like calling cards of like the mind control thing is like they get somebody like hyper obsessed with uh, one book or one movie. I don't know if you've heard of Kathy O'Brien. She claims to have been a MK ultra victim. And she always talks about, they always use, they always use, uh, uh, wizard of oz programming with her and uh, a lot of those
2: yeah um return to oz the i, th- I believe it's called return to oz it was a disney movie that came out in 9 i think 95 85 85 have you seen that
3: no mm-hmm.
2: i highly recommend it there um there's some youtube channel out there and they basically take it you know in chunks but scene by scene And they they basically show you how that movie as a whole was showing you the um, the process of basically breaking down a human through uh, through torture and bring making a mind control puppet out of them. Really, it's hard. I mean, it's a Disney movie, so it's not overtly violent, um, Mm -hmm. but it's it's really eerie and frightening uh, when you it, it, it. holds water. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend it.
3: Yeah. So they'll like tell somebody to, you know, follow the yellow brick road and that means, you know, follow their handler or something. So they've got them so messed up. They can't tell reality from, you know, fiction. And um, so they, yeah, they did that probably with Mark David Chapman. He, after he murdered John Lennon uh, he just sat there and started reading catcher in the rye and uh, waited for the police to come. Actually, his only statement in court was, like, a um, passage from that book. So, yeah, but they are just, you know, using all kinds of LSD, mescaline, um, electroshock, hypnosis, Mm -hmm. um, uh, just abuse and different forms of torture. Uh, It was interesting they learned how to use trigger words, and there's documentation that they, you know, successfully – somebody would just be having a conversation and they say New York and uh, suddenly it brings this person into this state where Mm -hmm. they're susceptible to programming. And then there's this one uh, where they programmed somebody to set a bomb. It was a fake bomb. You know, this was like an experiment, but yeah, they said New York and it puts this woman in like a trance state and then they could give her instructions on how to set the bomb. And then, you know, something else would happen. She snap out of it and it was this whole process but um yeah they successfully did that and um yes so that's pretty interesting um yeah. there's uh, psychic driving is uh you and Cameron's technique where uh he would just you would just like listen to uh tapes on repeat and um for like days weeks months even and uh, yeah it was just totally uh you know ruined people um
2: yeah and to kind of put that in context for people, we're talking about someone who worked at a university, mm-hmm. right? his His work was was condoned at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, again, in in kind of my uh, exploration into the topic, um I watched an interview with a woman who was one of his clients um, or subjects. And through trauma-based mind control basically brought her down to the state of an infant and she had to relearn every aspect of being a human. Mm. Pretty, pretty vile stuff.
3: Yeah. And, you know, I think it's all connected and it leads into trauma-based mind control, mm-hmm. which is another um, big subject uh, that's I've become more interested in lately with all this Epstein stuff coming out and I started yeah. researching uh, the Franklin cover up from the eighties. Uh, and yeah, this is connection to ritual abuse and um, yeah. So when you, when somebody experiences abuse, so traumatic, it, it cuts, it creates compartments in the mind. And that's where the multiple personality comes from uh, multiple personality disorder, which is now called a uh, disassociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm but they would create different uh, personalities for somebody to carry out different things. Um, So yeah, it's just messed up. But the way it works is your mind experiences something so traumatic that it shuts it off for your own protection. Like uh, when people get into a car accident and they say they don't remember any of it. um, It's because yeah, your mind is like protecting you from it. right? Uh, But yeah, they, it's like a weaponized um, version of that, They've uh, perfected.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, the topic is still very relevant because as you stated, we're seeing evidence that it's happening still. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's no longer just an experiment. It's no longer, um, you know, something of the past. It's still here. Um, Now, (laughs) I meant to do a disclaimer at the beginning of the show because I knew that we were going to be talking about some pretty... Um, potentially dark topics and um you know i'm i'm good for going as far in as as you're comfortable with axel um Mm. without being too graphic um but let's let's kind of talk about the relevance of of mk ultra at right right now um as far as like you know uh people who kind of run in our circles you know conspiracy theorists or whatever you whatever you want to call us um we are, um, we're very open-minded and we're discerning. I think, I mean, that's how I would describe people who are open to the potential. Um, and most of us under, have heard about, you know, uh, uh, what's it? Oh, I'm having a mind say what, uh, the Grove, what's it called?
3: Oh, Bohemian Grove.
2: Bohemian Grove. Thank you. Um, have he- are aware of that. It's, they've heard about it in their peripheries. Um, and if this is true, if this is actually happening, um, the implication is very frightening. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess my, my question to you would be, what is your stance on all of this? Um, do you think this is really happening? Is this layers of misinformation, disinformation? Um, and what's the purpose of it all?
3: Yeah. Uh, man, I'll just be totally honest. I think I believe in the metaphysics of it Mm -hmm. and I believe it's an energetic spiritual war. And I do believe in these satanic rituals that happen. And, uh, that's where a lot of people, they start to shy away from that. Mm -hmm. Um, and people just dismiss the idea of satanic ritual abuse. Uh, Like, oh, yeah, well, there could be child sex trafficking and all this stuff. But, you know, as soon as you bring up satanic ritual abuse, they're like, oh, that was just the satanic panic from the 80s. Yeah. But, uh, no, I totally believe in it. I believe in spiritual warfare. I believe it's an energetic, metaphysical thing. Um, I believe in, you know, transdimensional astral entities uh, could be, you know, parasites um, on the on the fear that is put out um, mm-hmm. when someone experiences something so horrible. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, Bohemian Grove is another thing that nobody would ever believe if uh, Alex Jones hadn't snuck in and actually got photos of it. I mean, there's other documentation, but, you know, he actually got it on video. Um, and these people in robes, they're supposed to be conservative Christians, uh, standing in front of a forty-foot owl, mm-hmm. um, doing a cremation of care ritual. I would just like them to explain that to me. You know, yeah. <laughs> they say it's just some you know frat boys having fun, but uh, no, I believe it's an uh, energetic spiritual war.
2: Yeah, and do you then also believe that there is there's a connection to the Illuminati? Is it one and the same thing? Is it are they in relation to each other what what is your perception of of that relationship
3: um i don't know there's a lot of i mean that's illuminati i don't know there's a lot of you know disinfo and just Mm -hmm. broad generalizations uh like to use that word for like you know pretty much the whole conspiracy big conspiracy idea but um I mean, you could label it Illuminati, and this whatever this group is, um, the cabal, I think, mm-hmm. is the more uh, modern term people are, are calling it. Uh, but yeah, just this shadow government cabal. Um, I don't know the Bavarian Illuminati. Maybe it's not directly connected to that um, group, but I think on an energetic level, in all these secret societies, yeah. it's kind of the same.
2: Yeah, I I would agree there. Um, now, in all of your research, what has been the most profound documentation that you've found as far as Project MKUltra?
3: Um, let's see. Oh, uh, one interesting document uh, talks about subconscious isolation. And a lot of MKUltra researchers, uh, they come across this um, abbreviation SI in a lot of the MKUltra stuff. And they erroneously think that it means sleep induction. Mm. But this one document, you see that it actually means subconscious isolation, which I think may may have been the um, predecessor to uh, this disassociative identity thing where they're isolating different um, uh, personalities. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that was pretty interesting. And this it's pretty obscure document. It's in the book. Um, you know, you can like barely read it, but, uh, uh, so that, that was pretty profound one I would say.
2: Okay. Um, can we talk a little bit about the technology? Because for me, for whatever reason, um, that, I mean, that's a mind blower to, Mm. to know, That on, you know, in day to day life, we have an understanding of the technology we're capable of and the technology that we have and use. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there is documentation of, you know, this incredibly powerful uh, technology that most of us have seen potentially in um, science fiction movies. Um, And we've heard that potentially it's true, but here we have documentation of it. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that?
3: Um i mean most of the mk ultra stuff is more like uh psychology stuff but um there are a lot of patents about remote control uh you know um let me uh you know re- there's there's one experiment i know in mk ultra they remote controlled dogs uh mm-hmm. using um electrical stimulation you know this was like way back then in the sixties so mm-hmm. Who knows what it's at now. Um, but yeah, they controlled dogs, uh, made them run, uh, turn, and stop via remote control brain implants. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, who knows where it's it's going now.
2: Yeah, for sure. Now, how about targeted individuals? In your research, Have is that an area that you've spent any amount of time kind of looking at and listening to people's stories and seeing whether or not there's a common thread through through these um, reports?
3: Uh, yeah, I've read a lot of their stories. Um, honestly, it seems like most of them are, are not that legit. Um, it seems like a lot of them have uh, schizophrenic problems maybe. And um, But I, I do think it would make sense if they were testing uh, technology technology you know, they got in so much trouble with MK Ultra. Uh, maybe they could uh, this advanced technology. They would just pick some random person, mm-hmm. you know, and of course they're going to sound crazy if they yeah. With... That's the thing,
2: right? <laughs> that's the thing.
3: Yeah. So I mean... they could be, you know, satellites, you know, um, beaming right onto somebody's brain, um, and yeah, they would sound crazy if they tried to bring it up. But yeah, so they could carry out these experiments, and yeah, they'd just be crazy people.
2: And other than you know the Manchurian candidate, are there any other end games in all of this, especially right now at present? Mm-hmm. Kind of coming back to you know whatever potentially might be going on um, with trauma-based mind control, um, you know around the Jeffrey Epstein or any current mm-hmm. issues.
3: I think the end game was always mass mind control, uh, everybody. Um, but I think they're losing. I think the cabal is losing right now and Okay. their agenda is not working out and um, it's pretty much over for them. But um,
2: can we talk about that? I'm really interested on your perspective there. <laughs> um, are you, are you willing to, t- to talk about that?
3: Sure. I don't know. It's just a, uh, you know, a feeling I get, um, you know, well, a lot of people control themselves, uh, You know, they don't want – they worry about what other people think, so they don't want to explore certain topics or be vocal about it. But I see more and more people just doing their thing now. And um, I think that – I don't know. I think there's like an explosion information. Uh, You know, they tried to control it, but I don't know. I just get a feeling they're losing. I'm not a – I was always very anti-Trump. Guy, I was always very leftist and stuff, but I have to admit that I think he's a bit of a outside of the cabal and he's like thrown things into, you know, a tissy that has been good. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. So that I, I mean, I've been hearing that a lot over the past probably three, three and a half years since he's been in office. And I struggle with that. I really, yeah. really, really, truly struggle with that. I understand he's a loose cannon. There's no question about it. Um, and, you know, there's the whole thing. I, his uncle was involved with the Tesla papers and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So that's for some people that's um, reason enough to to say that he's somehow, you know, the golden child who's going to take down the cabal. Um and I'm I'm not into having a political conversation at all whatsoever. Right. It's just simply <laughs> about the mechanics of it. I am not invested in that. But I am really, really curious because I feel like I'm seeing I, me, Jill, I'm seeing one Donald Trump and then people who are kind of more leaning towards your perception of it are seeing a different individual. Yeah. And I I mean that's altogether possible. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm just, I struggle and I want to not struggle. (laughs) I want (laughs) to, I want to understand what you're seeing and -hmm. what you're thinking and feeling that could potentially put my mind at ease. Or if I'm missing something, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be missing anything, I guess is my Mm -hmm. point. So if you have anything to offer as far as like Intuitive feelings or, you know, your observations or anything else that might kind of back up that mm-hmm. sense that you have. I would be grateful if you would share it with me.
3: <laughs> well, I definitely don't think he's some savior like a lot of people do. Okay. Um, not at all. Uh, he's more or less. Well, I wouldn't even go so far as say lesser of two evils. Um, but, you know, the I, I do think he's a bit of an outsider and... It seems pretty clear that they've, the cabal that's been in there, Bush, um, the Bush era, mm-hmm. like, uh, these people have just been in, in the same circles for so long and, you know, Biden too. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they're the Satanists, they're the mind controllers and, uh, they've, they've done everything to try to get him out and, um. I don't know. I think that loose cannon element—he can't be controlled as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think you know there was that case against him. Uh, he, he was uh, accused of uh, raping you know yep. some young girl with Epstein and stuff, yeah. or at Epstein's. Uh, so I mean, you know, totally would not put that past him. He, he's not a good dude, but I think he's he's upset the agenda and he's kind of thrown off the agenda.
2: A bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I, it probably doesn't
3: put you at ease at all. <laughs>
2: well, no, it, it, honestly, I don't even care if I'm put at ease, but I just want to be able to successfully see from your perspective. And mm-hmm. all I can see, I mean, he's a loose cannon. I can totally understand that, you know, he doesn't play by the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, he's not PC, which who cares about that? I don't care about that. Um I just, I just see an a hurt child, um, who, I don't know, I don't know. We this, I do not want to spend the show talking about that. So let's move on. Right. Yeah. Let's totally move on. Okay. Um, now, how about global surveillance state? That's, I mean, mm-hmm. and that might be one of the reasons I'm having such a difficult time with what I issues around our current you know, uh, administration is because mm. I feel more than ever, I feel like I live in a surveilled police state. And so right. that's, that's one of my most uncomfortable senses around all of this. So in and around that, um, let's talk about, uh, about that. Uh, cause I'd never heard of PRISM or X key score before. So mm. what are these and what is, what are they used for?
3: Um, well, Edward Snowden, I'm sure your listeners are familiar with Edward Snowden. He released all of those NSA documents in like 2013. And uh, basically the NSA had um, a backdoor into everything, into the servers of Facebook, Microsoft, uh, Skype, and um he claimed Snowden claimed that all he needed was an email. Uh, even if it was the President of the United States, he could get into all their stuff, you know, and uh, see their messages, chat logs, browsing history. Um, but I think a lot of that changed uh, for the better, even when he came out with the stuff, because, um, you know, Apple has to keep their customers happy. Uh, so they started to push back a little bit. And even Steve Jobs was like the last; it, they didn't get on board uh, with Prism, which was uh, how they dialed into the servers of everyone until Steve Jobs died. So I feel like he was maybe fighting against it for a while. But um, uh, yeah, so basically, it was just a backdoor, like all these backdoors into everything. And uh, but it can be, you know, people can use encryption. Which is, uh, it's like a mathematical universal thing. You know, your data gets scrambled, and it would take supercomputers like years to unscramble it without the uh, encryption key. So that became like a lot more popular after the Snowden stuff. Um, So there's some changes for the better there. Um, Yeah, let's see. uh...
2: Well, and then what's the purpose of all this? So it sounds like data mining. Is this mm-hmm. so, you know, company A can increase their sales tenfold in a, or or is there something more sinister? Is this information pe- that people will be, you know, used against them?
3: They were spying on, you know, companies were spying on other companies, getting, you know, inside information on stuff. They get the upper hand on things and, uh, you know, politicians. Um, I Yeah, I think the ultimate agenda was just to have everything at somebody's fingertips uh if they need to look into somebody i mean <clears throat> i have to assume that you know they're you know, watching me you know and probably a lot of probably us, a couple but, of keywords popped yeah, up somewhere <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah um some interesting things uh about the nsa disclosures and software um there was that big WannaCry ransomware attack uh, that I think it was in in like 2017 infected computers around the world and hospitals. These hackers were holding hospitals uh, ransom. And uh, that was because of an NSA exploit. So the NSA discovers these uh, security holes, but they don't, tell anybody because they want to be able, um, to use it to their advantage. Uh, so when they could have told Microsoft, um, instead they kept it a secret and that led to all these hospitals, um, you know, being held hostage. Uh, so that's a big problem when they find uh, vulner- vulnerabilities and don't report it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Do we need to be afraid? I mean, do we need to worry about the fact that all of our data is out there that, that people we don't know or can't see know the ins and outs of our daily lives?
3: Ironically, I don't worry that much about it.
2: No, that's (laughs) all. Yeah. yeah. If the researcher doesn't care.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, people probably hate me for saying that. And yes, privacy is important. Um, I mean, it's just a, a normal human thing to not want mm-hmm. somebody to go through all your messages. You, you don't leave your windows wide open it's just, you know, all the time, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, privacy is important and, you know, personal freedom is important. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There's just so much out there right now that I, I don't think they can deal with all of it, really.
2: I don't know how they could. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they could.
3: They have the data center in Utah, which is like humongous, and basically they're making a copy of everything they could, just in case they have to look look it up later. But really, I think we're in the you know the new age is opening up, and we're just there's just going to be so much information, and uh, yeah, they can't keep up with it really.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, how about the five eyes countries?
3: Uh, yeah, they. They, uh, let's see, it's Australia, Canada, New Zealand, UK, and the US. And uh, they formed an agreement uh, way back in the day. I, I can't remember exactly when. But um, basically they, they spy on each other's stuff for them to skirt the law. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, if we couldn't spy on our own people, uh, they have an agreement where they can spy on the other country's people for them.
2: Um, mm-hmm. do yeah. we really lead that interesting lives that-, <laughs> <laughs> that they want to know everything we do no. <clears throat>
3: and yeah Snowden says only a fraction of it was you know looking at actual terrorists um, yeah they're doing all sorts of assorted things like uh, you know trading people's uh, intimate photos um, spying on uh, exes and whatnot
2: yeah Um. yeah and you know i mean i i make light of it but it 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 can be a really scary thing um the statistics how those statistics can be used um for Mm. instance you know for a while there everyone was doing those uh you know you spit in a little thing and you send it away and you get your dna tested Mm. and then there was this other faction like don't do that because once they have your dna you know they own it they can do anything with it um and so there's always, there's there are always concerns about how information can be used. Um, and again, going into a potential police state um, where they might be trying to, you know, create certain groups of people based on, you know, variable A, variable B, variable C, we've given out a lot of information about ourselves unknowingly. Um, mm. So that can be really, really frightening if, you know, that trajectory is fulfilled. Um, yeah. So yeah, that police,
3: police use it all the time. Look at people's Facebook and stuff mm-hmm. and um, they're able to build whole, um, build, build a big image of you, get an idea of you based on all your data. Um, and yeah, DNA is just like bringing it to a new level. Um, I also think maybe there's some component that it's like programming AI or something somehow. Some oh, kind of
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, this is like dueling banjos, but it's dueling con- conspiracies. You know, I, I think that all of them are really intertwined. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, AI is the future. It mm-hmm. is the future. So I can imagine that every piece of information and data that is being mined is in some form or fashion being used to, you know, make AI more intelligent for mm-hmm. sure.
3: I always wondered, like, why is Google, like, giving you, like, five gigs or whatever it is, a free drive storage yeah, and, like, I love you know, that. All, these, all these free things, like, um, well, yeah, they want you to get, I mean, there's but there's no ads on it, you know, so they're, I, I think they're somehow, you know, collect doing something with all, I mean, all the data, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe there's an AI component to that.
2: Oh, I would imagine. I think yeah. that especially when when we're talking specifically about technology, mm-hmm. absolutely there's an AI correlate there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Can I
3: um switch it up entirely. With you you? <laughs> I think I saw somewhere you're into like near death stuff, yes. near death experiences uh-huh. and afterlife stuff. Absolutely. That's a much brighter uh, topic. That yeah, no, I would to.
2: love I would love which way do you want to take that? Absolutely. I'm all in.
3: Well, that's just one of my big interests. And that always I think I back to Unsolved Mysteries back in the nineties, that was like where my first exposure to those stories. And you know, anytime I need to like a lift me up, I start listening to those <laughs> testimonies, you know.
2: Really? Okay, yeah. that's interesting. I really respect that perspective because, quite honestly, I people don't tend to want to talk about that stuff because the implication of death makes it dark.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm—I mean, I'm—I've never felt that way. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah, I've had, I've had a lot of like uh, spiritual, like out-of-body experiences, like. Back when I was like a teenager, I started having like lucid dreams that kind of led to some kind of astral experience, and um, so I, I have always known that we can exist beyond yes. this body. Absolutely, and um, I've had you know, so I'd be like taking a nap, and then suddenly, have you ever had uh, like a out of body or oh. like a lucid?
2: absolutely when i was young basically i would tell my like my parents never had to ask me to go to bed i would be 7 p.m i'm going to bed so i can go dream and Mm. that was how i i mean that's what i called it but i would either i would have lucid dreams or i would astral project and it was just like sleep and dreaming and that that space has always been a reprieve for me it's i mean and i i I have had horrible dreaming experiences but um (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I knew from a very very early age that this physical reality is not where it ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
3: And uh, yeah, that goes with the near-death stuff and just mm-hmm. the, the stuff people experience. Um, that kind of goes into also the Project Stargate stuff, these psychics that were successfully remote viewing stuff. Um, there's... Some kind of information field that we can tap into, you know, where we can pull information and um, beyond our senses. So, yeah, the brain is like, uh, like the hardware, you know, and then there's like a mind, something, mind, something that's like the software that, you know, we're decoding. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the way I've always explained it is um, like our our biology is the transceiver and consciousness or the Akashic field or whatever you want to call that ether with that has all of that information. We basically perceive it, receive it um, mm-hmm. almost like a radio wave. And some people have kind of quieted their mind to the point where they have an open relationship to that information and other people have a bunch of, you know, stuff kind of keeping that those voices quiet Mm -hmm. but no it's the world is a beautiful fascinating place
3: (laughs) and you know 2020 is so uh bad in so many ways but like at the same time i love it because like people are opening themselves up to stuff beyond their you know you know ordinary reality doesn't exist like it used to for a lot of people so you know now we've got pentagon admitting to ufos and admitting that they've got stuff from off world or well you know maybe that's another disinfo campaign but i mean i think they've they've always had it uh they've always had they've had this technology for a while but maybe now they're starting to uh decide it's the right time to come out with it and this i think this free energy technology could you know, save us, uh, from the situation we're in, Um uh, it's a little late, but. <laughs>
2: oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that it's not, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that there is a natural evolution to everything. Um, I hope this isn't the way we go. <laughs> right. I really hope that, you know, we don't overstay our welcome on this planet and, um, find a way to pull it together at the nick of time.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, maybe there was always part of the agenda to, like, release it when stuff gets really bad. You know, we got global warming and all this stuff coming to a head, you know, so now they're going to say, oh, well, by the way, we've got this free energy technology that we could use to save us. Um, But maybe that's, like, going to be, like, the one-world government thing they're going to use, like – we have this technology, but they're going to somehow bring some kind of one world government to use it or something.
2: I don't know. That's a really good line of inquiry. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for that. Um, I think that we are seeing indications that we're moving towards the one world government situation, whether or not there's an intervention there. I hope. Um <laughs> But I, I think that there are enough people who are waking up to the existence of this technology. Once it hits a threshold, there's nothing to be done. It hits, I mean, my experience of of the way consciousness works is there is a threshold. Um, and you know, once a given thing hits the, you know, conscious awareness of you know whatever percent of the population, that that information seems to come from the ether and like it's almost like a download. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden it's in the conscious awareness of everyone and it comes into their heads as an idea or, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's my hope. And I know that it's yours as well through doing things like this through having these conversations, we're reaching people and planting mm-hmm. seeds of mm-hmm. awareness and curiosity so that whatever we don't get to tonight, as far as talking about, hopefully they're, you know, off Googling or, you know, to one, of one of these um, information resources that you offered them and looking into some of this mm-hmm. and then like whatever feeds their, their, you know, sense of awe, they just kind of like take that and run with it. Mm-hmm. So,
3: you know, yeah. It's a hundredth um, uh, monkey syndrome. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they're teach, teaching the monkeys on one some Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's
2: cool. it's a cool story. And I've told it on my show before, but you want to go ahead and tell the story again, just so people understand what that is, who may not know what hundredth monkey is?
3: Yeah, vaguely, um, I don't know the specifics, but they taught monk. What was it they were cleaning? Yeah, uh, the- it was sweet potatoes. Potatoes. Y- Potatoes. So they taught the monkeys like on one island a specific way to uh, clean these yams, and monkeys on another island. Once enough of them on the one island learned it, somehow monkeys on a different island uh, started doing it as well.
2: Spontaneously, yeah. yeah. And and they actually taught it to one mother monkey. One mother monkey. Who taught it to her infant, and then others observed, and so it just kind of spiraled out. And wow. then, once it hit a you know critical mass, boom, mm. the um, other animals of the same species were all of a sudden doing this. Mm. It's pretty phenomenal, pretty compelling.
3: Yeah, I, I see that happen. You know, with us too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like all this stuff coming out. I mean, this Epstein stuff. Uh, like, it seems like everybody's um, waking up to that kind of stuff now
2: well it's all over the news that's for sure Mm. um it's kind of hard to get around it if you're if you're on social media or you're watching the news it's kind of in your face Mm. Um, and of course you have different sources offering different facets of the information skewed in certain you know directions to lead you to believe one thing or another um but the the heart of it is there Mm. um yeah, and it's it's really it's it's really hard to metabolize what that means and what these experiences that are being added to the collective are. You know, mm-hmm. um, what is what is your? I know I know that it's not your interest in specifically the Jeffrey Epstein scenario, but that as kind of a um, representative of like scenarios, mm-hmm. what kind of calls you to investigate those types of, um, potential, you know,
3: things. Mm. I mean, I think it's uncovering like a huge conspiracy about, um, the elite using, uh, blackmail, uh, and, uh, all this, you know, underage sex stuff as blackmail. And, um, it's connected. I mean, it's the same dark, Group, you know, doing all this stuff, um, and yeah, it goes back to the Franklin thing, um, but it's connected to mind control and Satanism, and uh, just this blackmail. Epstein, you know, there's thoughts that he was, you know, Mossad agent, and Ghislaine uh, was also, and you know, they got everybody on tape. They admitted, you know, they recorded everything. So it's like political blackmail, also to steal uh, secrets. Uh, like uh, weapons, secrets, and stuff like that. Yeah. But we'll have to talk about after the break. I think we got to take yeah, a break. Yeah, we're here. just about
2: ready here. We might as I well. Gotta, I gotta sword.
3: mention. Uh, okay, cool.
2: No, oh, no, no. Go ahead. What were you gonna mention? Uh, we'll
3: have to talk about Maxwell Hill, uh, the Reddit user who some people think is Ghislaine Maxwell. Really? Now. Uh, yeah. Well, she, he's right. been he's been silent since she's been arrested. And there's a lot more to it. We'll talk about.
2: Okay, let's jump into that after the break. So. <laughs> Everyone, we do need to pause for reef station break, but don't go anywhere. The Q-Science Project will return in just a few minutes with more conversation with author Axel Balthazar. You're listening to New Science Revolution Talk Radio, The Q-Science Project on KGRARadio.com. Stay with us.
3: Are you still at it? Yeah, I need more speed. This baby's fast. My dad's fast. He's scary fast. You really think you could beat him? Yeah, because I drink more tea than he does. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, pal, it's the tea that makes you go. Oh. Hey, dad. You know, kiddo, you have to drink a lot more tea to be faster than me.
1: Drink the tea that makes you go. Life change tea.
3: You may not need as much as dad. You never know. GetTheTea.com. Log on to GetTheTea.com.
1: 2019, the KGRA is closing down its Archive Vault to be reopened in another format in the near future. This year, you can get all the 2019 KGRA programming on demand on YouTube, Spreaker, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, and Google Play. More ways for you to stay connected. To your contact for Alternative Talk Radio on the Planet, KGRA Radio.com. Mainstream media's most wanted. KGRA Radio.com.
2: Welcome back to the Q-Science Project, everyone. I am Jill Hansen, your host this and every Friday night from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern, right here on the KGRI Digital Broadcasting Station. Tonight, I'm excited to be chatting with author Axel Balthazar about the reality of mind control and peripheral topics. So, Axel, Reddit. (laughs) Preach Reddit.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, somebody noticed that this user Maxwell Hill on Reddit is had been silent uh, since Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. And this user has been a power user of Reddit since 2006. And Reddit, of course, is a big, highly trafficked site. Uh, you think of it as, like, uh, you know, one of the world's newspapers, you know. um So this user, Maxwell Hill, was a moderator for World News and Technology and some other subreddits. Um, If you know Reddit, there's different subreddits where it's just different topics. But uh, so Maxwell Hill was like one of the power users, power mods, and um, the first to collect one million karma. So if you know Reddit, karma is the imaginary internet points you get for posting stuff. And basically, this is like a huge power user and suddenly disappeared when Ghislaine um, was arrested and hasn't been seen in like a month. There was hardly any gaps in posting before that. Um, I haven't checked it. I checked it the other day and it was still silent. It was like over a month. And, but, so Maxwell obviously the name is in yeah. the username and you know people would say well why would you put your name right I was just gonna say isn't user? that
2: pretty a little but, close to home. <laughs> yeah
3: but you gotta remember this was two thousand six and also oh, um she yeah. okay. she what she uh well I don't wanna diss on anyone's age but um it it might be something that she would do. Um
2: well, what kind of content was this Maxwell posting that, that there would be the association in the first place?
3: Uh, well, it was always politically left, anti Trump, and pro ecology, which um, Ghislaine was a big ecologist. Right.
2: TED Talk and all.
3: Yep, there's that TED Talk with her. And Maxwell Hill was moderator of Environment and Enviro Action. And uh, she was the founder and president of the Terra Mar Project, an environmental nonprofit organization. Um, so there's a lot of that. And uh, there's also like some questionable. So even if this person isn't um, Ghislaine Maxwell, we mm-hmm. still have to wonder, like there is one post uh, advocating for the legalization of child porn.
2: Oh my God.
3: Yeah. So, and everybody, it was like downvoted and like, everybody's like, what the hell are you talking about? And, but but
2: isn't she, I mean, all proclivities aside, isn't she too intelligent for that? That's, that's pretty overt.
3: Right. Um, but she did, she stayed away from Epstein talk for the most part. Um, Mm -hmm. didn't post anything about Epstein ever. Um, like there was a
2: blaring absent absence of yeah, Epstein? Okay. Yeah.
3: You know, posting all kinds of world news, but nothing about Epstein. Mm, that um, is interesting. And uh, a fellow Redditor said that Maxwell Hill is a Malaysian man, but people started looking at the way this person was talking, and he or she uses uh, a lot of British stuff, says Bullocks, and... Mm. Um, Also uses uh, we, they're talking about um, United States privacy laws, which she was also very interested in, Um, always saying we, you know, us, the the Americans. And um, so it's just not talk that, you know, a Malaysian man would be using. Um, Hmm. And let's see what else.
2: So if it is, what would the significance be? And I mean...
3: It would be a huge scandal for Reddit, I think. One of their biggest contributors was Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, uh, Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing. But yeah, it's been silent ever since she was arrested. Hmm. Um, There was more stuff. uh, If you Googled Maxwell Hill 6123, Uh, 61 is the year that Ghislaine was born, and 23 is the year that her Mossad agent father was born. So if you Googled Maxwell Hill in those two years, 6123, it brought up a bunch of unsavory, not safe for work results. It was like comments on sketchy websites from this user, and it was just really filthy stuff. Um, I'm not even going to repeat it here, but it was kind of pervy stuff that someone who's a serial rapist like Ghislaine might be saying.
2: Oh my God.
3: And uh, yeah, it seemed like, um, Oh, and somebody actually like investigated where the sites were going and it like redirected to some server near Washington, DC uh, in Ashburn, Virginia, Um and they were saying like don't click on it, but they investigated and saw where the servers were located, and this is weird. Now,
2: are you saying when you say they, do you mean like these redditors are doing this, um, or are, are the authorities on, involved?
3: What what it, is? It was on Reddit. Uh, I think maybe Reddit was the first place on the Epstein subreddit, but also um, 4chan uh, is like you know the armpit of the internet. Yeah. But there's a lot of uh, you know people that dig deep into stuff like this. Um, And they were doing a lot of that. Um, Oh, another interesting thing is the gaps in the, in the posting lineup with known events of Ghislaine's life, like her mother's death. And um, I think Epstein's death also, and people would argue, they say like, well, why would somebody who so rich and well-connected and Mm -hmm. apparently running a child sex ring, uh, be on Reddit, but you got to remember, you know, this is controlling the narrative, the yeah. media, uh, and, you know, this is one of the most highly trafficked websites in the world. I think it's number three in the UK, six in the US, and like 20 in the in the whole world. But, yeah, and uh, let's see what else she um, – oh, her birthday is on Christmas, 1225 and there was a post where it was about so it was a post about something about having a winter birthday or something and in the comments she makes it known that she has a december birthday and that it's after the 21st so out of all the days Mm -hmm. of the year you know that little window also lines up with galane's birthday
2: Okay. Now when you say she, you mean the Maxwell, Maxwell Hill
3: Maxwell Hill. Yeah. I'm just going to go persona. ahead and call her, her Galade.
2: <laughs> hey, it's all good. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, so yeah. And of course, Vice debunked it right away. And you know, everybody's schizo who says it, they used a lot of buzzwords in their article, conspiracy, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theorists over and over Uh, baseless, incoherent, evidence-free. Not biased at all. (laughs) Right. And so, like, there wasn't even time to, like, look into it. And they are already got an article about how ridiculous it is. And it turns out that she posted, the most links that she posted were to Vice, were Vice articles out of all the stuff.
2: Were legitimate Vice articles? Or...
3: Uh, yeah, they were, like, she linked to Vice more than anything Oh, got else. it, got it, got it. Linked yeah. to. Okay.
2: That, yeah. Okay. Um, huh. What's that relationship there?
3: Yeah. Why Vice? Uh, do you, uh, do you know? know? Do you they're, have
2: any intuitive sense?
3: I mean, they're, I don't, I don't trust Vice. Uh, they're, like, super far left. Um, I don't know. I, I think they align with her um, values, really. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff I've seen on there is pretty, like, disgusting, but whatever. Um, There's some password clues. Also, there was a data breach, um, and supposedly – I haven't verified this independently, but there was a big data breach, and some of her passwords apparently were using the word Headington in it, and her childhood home was Headington Hill Hall in the U.K., Oh gosh! So this connects, also the username too, Maxwell yeah. Hill. Yeah. So you got the Hill from Headington Hill Hall, and she was also using Headington mm-hmm. in her passwords.
2: Well, I mean, it sounds if this is true, it sounds to me like she wasn't trying to be too hidden. I mean, yeah, it's it's like least amount of effort to. <laughs> yeah, you'd to think to if not- she was.
3: If she was an actual, like, Mossad spy or something, she'd know better. But, yeah, I mean, people huh. do stupid stuff all the time.
2: <laughs> they do. They do.
3: So, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing I've been d- diving into lately. And I'm, I'm anxious to see if this Maxwell Hill ever posts again. Because it's been over a month. Not a, not a peep. And this has never happened in this account. That's you
2: know. really, that's compelling for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Now, where do you stand on the Epstein death slash murder slash um, situation?
3: Yeah, I think the fact that his, those bones in his neck were broken, and um, the, the famous uh, autopsy guy looked at it. Um, well, anyway, he was saying that he'd never seen that in suicide hanging, especially you know you're in a cramped prison cell. And he's, trying to go off the bunk or something like, no, it just doesn't happen. So he was definitely murdered.
2: Yeah. Sure. So now in, I mean, this is moderately off topic, but still kind of orbiting the same general, um, core. Now how about like Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, that, that group, um, suicide, right. Supposedly, mm. um, I'd heard kind of whispers of them, um, being involved in a project that was supposed to um, be kind of shedding light on the same things that we're, you know, we're now seeing a lot of in, mm-hmm. in the news. Are True. you aware of any of that? Or are you, is yeah. that kind of.
3: That was another like misinfo thing. Um glad you brought that up because people were just suddenly dropping, dropping like Anthony Bourdain and Steph's name. Yeah. Okay.
2: That, I heard that too. It, that, that didn't.
3: I looked into that documentary. They were saying that they were involved in a documentary about um, trafficking. Yes. And really, it, it was just a peripheral connection with um, the guy from Lincoln Park, Chester. Mm-hmm. Uh, they named, like, Lincoln Park uh, as, like, being uh, – I forget what they said exactly. But if you look on the website, this documentary's website, it's, uh, it just basically acknowledges Lincoln Park as, like, helping them or something but it doesn't really give specifics and i looked into all the other guys and they don't seem to have any connection to it anthony bourdain uh his girlfriend i believe had a lot to do with the meat meat to movement starting and that was really the only thing i found you know uh, but it wouldn't be enough to kill him i don't think really
2: yeah i just i you know, I, like most people have seen, you know, any of his 16,000 shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, he seemed to be kind of on, on the verge at any mm-hmm. given time. I mean, he seemed yeah. depressive. He wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he didn't try to hide his, his emotions and his feelings. And, um, that one, yeah, that one, I, I was less, less right. inclined to think that that would have been, um, uh, suicided.
3: Yeah, um, And he uh, had found out that his girlfriend was like he saw fo- there's photos released of his girlfriend like holding hands with some other dude in uh, another country. So and he's a cancer like myself. <laughs> and we, we do suffer from uh ridiculous heartbreak. And uh, I think I wouldn't put it past him to be yeah. like so heartbroken that he, uh, yeah. you know, killed himself. But <laughs> yeah, so. yeah.
2: I mean, again, I just think that he kind of, he was one of those people, unfortunately, that just kind of, um, you know, had more prop- propensity for those deeper, darker, overwhelming emotions. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. Yeah.
3: So yeah, and that yeah, that's another misinfo thing. it's all this traffic and stuff coming out, mm-hmm. it's like people just they just make, make stuff up, little up. stories mm-hmm. and throw it yeah. out there and see what, mm-hmm. you know,
2: what flies and what sticks.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's unfortunate, but um uh who's the other guy, the trance artist, uh killed himself.
2: Oh. Mm.
3: Not uh <laughs> um uh no. little peep. Is that, no, no. no. Um, this guy like stabbed himself with glass. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I. Real quick. Um, trans
2: artist, huh?
3: Um. Oh, oh Avicii, av- Avicii. 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 Oh, um, was he
2: was he trans? I didn't. Uh, I don't I know if. I I thought yeah, it was more electronic
3: like electronic EDM.
2: Rap ish, no, okay, no, he's a Swedish
3: DJ, but uh, people were saying because shortly before his death, he released a music video that the subject was um, trafficking, and um, I watched that, that was pretty compelling. Um, I don't know, you know, if he was suicided or what, Mm -hmm. but um, it was pretty interesting that he released this like trafficking music video, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, not to, again, like, I just want to reiterate how appreciative I am of you keeping levity in the conversation because this conversation can go dark really quick. And I do want to, I think, I think I want to ask this question, but let me reevaluate that. Um, I'm going to ask this question and then let's bring some levity if we could. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So now this whole situation and again, like if this is, this is really dark. So if you don't want to go there, do not feel inclined to answer my question. We'll just reroute. Um, the whole scenario with Anthony Weiner's laptop, mm. all kinds of stories came out and I, I don't want to, um, talk about the details to any degree. Mm. Um, someone can just kind of, if they're curious about it, they can go, you know, take what tidbits of information we're offering and they can go off and research. Um, and I encourage them to do that. Um, do you have any information about whether or not these videos that were supposedly found on, um, his laptop were of any merit?
3: Um, I don't know for certain, uh, that I know one of the, uh, images that was supposedly on there, like was found to be like some old album cover or something. It totally wasn't, um, wasn't real, but, uh, I did hear something interesting about like all the cops that like saw it supposedly dying I, or something.
2: Yeah, I heard that too. And again, uh, it's like you, you, I just you don't know. It's people like drama and um, uh, stuff. Okay, moving
3: um, on. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And that's the it goes into Pizzagate, which is I think there's elements of that that are true, but For um, sure. But then it gets twisted. You know, this is how they do it. They, uh, you know throw some misinfo disinfo in there mm-hmm. and uh, to the point where people can't sort through it and uh, never goes anywhere really
2: yeah and then you know again going back to the beginning of the conversation a lot of people are very concerned with being branded a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. so if they f- feel any pushback against these you know these considerations oh is that true and they're maybe considering some facts or whatever um if they feel like they're going to be uh condemned or you know whatever chances are they're going to be rerouted to whatever that mainstream narrative is mm-hmm. um, so the facts will be lost in the yeah
3: what do you think about uh q the q stuff you
2: know man <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna be really frank with you i don't know what the heck to think mm-hmm. i really don't because it's i mean it's just this is what another one of those really polarized things where These people over here are like, that is absolute crap. Are you kidding me? And -hmm. then there are these people over here who are like, this is the gospel. Listen Mm -hmm. to everything, you know, that's coming out and they live by it. And it's really cryptic. It's Mm -hmm. really cryptic. And it, it really, it leaves itself, you know, I mean, any person who looks at the information that's coming out can interpret it in their own way. And so there are some loud voices out there who are saying, you know, well, this means that and, you know, this means the other and we can expect this because of, you know, A and B. Um, And man, I'm telling you, like, my life is busy (laughs) and I I have lots of fascinations and lots of passions, which already keep me pretty spread thin as far as, you know, giving attention to all of them. Um, so unfortunately that is one of those areas where I've just been like, okay, washing my hands of it. I can't, I can't like, I don't have the bandwidth to get in the mix here and see what I think or feel Mm -hmm. about it really. So the question is you, what do you think (laughs) of it? And is this something that we should be getting our attention to? I
3: don't know. It seems like most of it's like a stretch, you know, Q can say anything. And, Mm -hmm. uh, anything vaguely resembling it happens and it's like suddenly it's like a yeah. horse
2: right it's like a horse <laughs> it's kind of general and a little bit you know cryptic and uh, is you to interpret it any way you want to through your lens or your bias
3: it's uh, kind of funny that your um show title uh no
2: i've been thinking about that a fact. lot lately <laughs> yeah no literally uh the past two weeks that's really been on my mind because i don't want I don't want that association, whether it's real information or not like that's beside the point um yeah, I know
3: somebody brought up uh, predictive programming in the chat, which is uh pretty interesting it ties in with nine eleven um i know the the occult uh aspect of predictive programming is like there's supposedly this rule where you have to like tell people what you're doing to them before you do it. And then they like some universal thing where it's like manipulating them into like agreeing to it or something if they see it first. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff about nine 11 and uh, I think nine 11 in general was like a symbolic uh, occult type ritual. Um, 911 being the emergency number like it wouldn't have been as powerful on mm-hmm. uh, you know 728 or something right you know? um and the towers look like an 11 you know um it was this whole energetic back to the energetic occult stuff and that's
2: that's really interesting because it's really easy to for my mind to kind of go there with this other that's stuff that's blatantly occult but I had never considered that and I do remember you know 9-11 that's pretty that's like no coincidences right Mm. um but so I'm I can you talk more about that I'm really curious about all of the different uh correlations that you see or have considered or thought of with occult Mm. potential meanings
3: Um, well, it's definitely, I don't know, um, I think, uh, physically, you know, building seven couldn't have come down like it did. And I I think that's like the smoking gun. Um, there's all these, uh, symbols. I'm looking at some 9-11 predictive programming. There's that card game, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, where it like predicts like a terrorist nuke on the twin towers in 1995
2: uh okay you want to talk about the simpsons
3: oh yeah the simpsons thing too what Uh, is
2: up with that i i mean it was interesting when it happened two or three times and i swear someone needs to come up with a documentary of all of the times the simpsons spot on predicted future events
3: yeah that's pretty weird too so. It's creep it's eerie is what it is.
2: It I mean it it's it it's too specific to be just coincidence, I think. I mean, that's where I'm with it. I don't know what that implies. I don't know. <laughs> Someone remote viewed so they have a remote mm-hmm. viewer on the
3: Yeah, but anyway, the Yeah, maybe they don't even know they're doing it. You know, it's like some energetic psychic thing. Mm-hmm. And um Or maybe it's, you know, predictive programming, uh, making it happen before, you know, telling you about it. Yeah. Because there's there's an Illuminati card game. Yeah, it's called Illuminati in um, 1995, and they had a card that was terrorist nuke, and it shows the Twin Towers getting hit. Also, the thing about um, the bills when you fold the twenty dollar bill, ten dollar bill in the same way, it shows Mm -hmm. the progression. It shows uh, it getting hit, and then it shows like an explosion, and then it shows the smoke. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe these things just like happen. They're not even intentional. I don't know.
2: It's pretty remarkable if it's not intentional. That's all I have to say. I mean, yeah. And I'm not. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it's really specific um, stuff we're talking about here.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've got all the Illuminati symbolism right there on the bill anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. There any?
2: Yeah. nine eleven. I was just going to yeah. bring you back.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so the thing with nine eleven 11 is like I'm, have you heard of uh, Dr. Judy Wood? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. At first I was like, uh pretty skeptical of that, but the more I think about it, um, like both the official explanation and now there's an official anti explanation, which is controlled demolition. But, you know, there's problems with that theory too, because like how, I mean, that would take like thousands and thousands of pounds of conventional explosives mm-hmm. And, you know, they talk about, you know, there were shutdowns, um, like the weekend before 9-11, there was like a total power down and, uh, like bomb sniffing dogs were brought out of the building supposedly for the first time. And so, you know, they could have planted some stuff in there, but I also think like the destruction was like too great. Uh, that maybe they did judy woods says that they had ener- like directed energy weapons yeah and on like a molecular level mm-hmm. it splits the particles apart because the rubble pile was uh, a lot shorter than it should have been if all that material was there but it all went up in the atmosphere in very tiny mm-hmm. uh, tiny fine particles um, so the more I, you know, step back and look at it again, I think maybe that something like that was happening going on.
2: You know, I would, I would agree with you. Um, <laughs> awesome comment. <laughs> um, okay. so since you brought it up, uh, and we are on the conspiracy train ride anyway, um, back a couple of years ago when there were all those, uh, fires in California, Mm -hmm. Um, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was living in California at the time. And I, I mean, I talk about intuition again. I don't know if I, if I'm right, if I'm wrong, but right from the get go, my intuition was telling me it was DEWs. I mean, some of those pictures that you see where you have literally one house standing untouched the trees around it are scorched. The house next to it is scorched. It, it just—it looks so directed. It looks so specific. Mm-hmm. Um, have you researched, researched that at all?
3: Or do you have I any did. sense? Uh, I mean, I, I saw the stuff, you know, come across the news feed. That mm-hmm. looks like lasers or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I was kind of skeptical of that. Mm-hmm. But maybe, uh, maybe you can give me some insight. I don't know.
2: Well, I mean... I, didn't, I honestly didn't see any of the actual laser stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm not convinced, quite honestly, that directed energy weapons need lasers. That's the thing. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. It, so it, it if someone showed yeah. me a directed energy weapon using a laser, I'd be like, yeah, right, whatever.
3: Yeah, right.
2: You know? It's sci-fi. Um, but well,
3: has anything uh, – because there's always like a problem-reaction-solution mm-hmm. thing with them. Uh, so has anything changed – I've heard, you know, theories that they were trying to build some, like, rail, uh, high-speed rail or something where where the fires were. So they, like, cleared it out. Um, I wonder, you know, has anything changed?
2: I don't know, to be honest with you. I was emotionally detached from California while I was there, and I don't pay attention (laughs) now that I'm gone. Um, But, But
3: yeah. I wouldn't put put past them to, you know, create a problem like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. But yeah, it's always that problem reaction solution. Uh, you know, they create mm-hmm. a problem, get people's reaction. Isn't that the
2: Agenda Twenty One
3: business? Um, I don't know. It, it probably I think <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, and then they offer you know the solution. Um, yeah. So yeah, they create the problem in the first place, but you know already have a solution ready. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, totally.
2: <laughs> so, uh, back to. Uh, mind control and this can Mm. be a tangent we can come back to the other um but i do want to ask you about monarch and Mm. you know whether or not you know things like music videos and uh that that sort of thing do Mm. are you on the bandwagon with that that a lot of the imagery and symbolism that we're seeing is a result of um you know individuals who have kind of been programmed
3: uh yeah uh Yeah, I think so. And I also see it as an energetic thing, again, a metaphysical Mm -hmm. um, kind of spell, you know. And uh, mass media is so influential, and uh, it's kind of like programming us on a mass level. But yeah, and then specific celebrities are, you know, basically – and they like to brag about it, too. So maybe they're just bragging. Um, it's like a calling card. You know, we did this. Uh, this is our mind control monarch slave. And we're just going to put it all out there.
2: So are you – can you tell me who you're talking about specifically? I have a couple in mind, but I'm just curious if
3: – Who was it? If uh, I need to do some research after well, the show. Like, there's a bunch of stuff recently about Britney Spears. And they're talking about oh, Free Britney. And, yeah. Um, that – But I'm trying to think. Uh, Miley for a while was using a bunch. uh, And they always use like the one eye symbol. They're always Mm -hmm. covering one eye. Um, But uh, yeah, actually one of the victims from the Franklin scandal claimed, like he he was talking about Monarch way back then. Um, He started talking about being a victim of Monarch programming. Um, But yeah, so what uh, – celebrities were you were you thinking
2: of- um Nicki minaj was one
3: oh, okay yeah that's right
2: and just i mean just recently uh chrissy Teigen. Okay. Um, i in this oh that it was a dark moment um because i've been a huge fan of hers and you know john legend um but you know someone went back you know and kind of went on a treasure hunt through her um, Instagram account and pulled up what, like, when you know what you're looking at, it's really, really disturbing stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's
2: not the kind of verbiage that you can just, like, not make anything of Mm -hmm. because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Right. Um, Yeah, there's a good
3: website. You've probably seen it, Uh, Vigilant Citizen. He does a lot of the Monarch. He exposes a lot of the Monarch uh, music videos and stuff.
2: Yeah yeah it's disturbing it's really disturbing Mm -hmm. and it's disheartening um because i love music (laughs) and
3: (laughs) right (sighs) um who is that one uh shoot Uh, i'm trying to blank i i don't follow the pop culture too close uh lady gaga she (laughs) oh yeah that's (laughs) definitely Heavy into it yeah and she was connected with that um one famous like satanist art- artist lady Abramovich. yeah uh,
2: who's i've only just recently started hearing about her probably over the last four months before that i didn't even know who she was but that again that's some pretty disturbing imagery when you go down that rabbit hole and and mm. you know it's presented to you
3: yeah maria marina abramovich mm-hmm. uh, so she's good friends with lady gaga and she does these spirit cooking things um and, you know, it's all satanic. They have pentagrams yeah. and blood and stuff. And she was involved in uh, the whole Pizzagate thing. Uh, There's an email from her asking if Podesta's brother was going to be joining us in the spirit cooking. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they they go to these things.
2: Now, is it is it just that, I mean, is this stuff really out there? in the open more now than it was in the past or is are we just kind of you know upping our intelligence not intelligence consciousness level that we're filtering it in a different way we're we're receiving the information in a different way where things seem to be a little bit more transparent
3: i think a little bit of both and uh there's an interesting theory about like ufos um you know they're always there but uh we just can't see them Yeah. yeah but like as our consciousness expands, we're going to start seeing more of them and like all this stuff. Um, so I think they work hand in hand. Both of those things are happening. Um, but now we have the tools like, uh, WikiLeaks, um, and people mm. are divided about WikiLeaks, uh, whether, you know, it was really an altruistic thing or there's an agenda. Yeah. A cabal agenda there, but I, I think it's a good thing. And, um, you know, it exposed these pizza gate emails. Um, so we've got the tools, uh, now to do it um but also you know with that our consciousness is expanding and becoming more open to it also
2: mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's i mean again it's when you see these things and you know what you're looking at it's really alarming that it's just out there in the open um i mean i guess i don't know if it's shocked. is it are you shocked <laughs> when you see the stuff and it's just kind of like just kind of like nonchalantly hanging out there <laughs> on, on instagram um <laughs>
3: I'm not shocked by hardly anything anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm happy that, you know, all this stuff is coming out and it's really exciting time to be alive. Really? We couldn't have asked for a more exciting time.
2: I would agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of really, you know, we're kind of, we're bombarded with this information that it's darkness and, you know, um, all of these dark things are being glorified, but really when you just kind of, See that for what it is. You really are. There's a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot mm. to be grateful
3: for. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. No but kidding. Yeah, I, I've always been, you know, um, yeah, like face. You know, we gotta face the dark stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've never really had a problem with digging into the the dark stuff because um, I believe that it doesn't can't affect me. Like I believe mm-hmm. in an ultimate good. Uh, I believe in God and I believe, you know, it's all taken care of. And, uh, you know, we're protected when we, when we investigate these things. Mm -hmm. I don't let it have, you know, power over me.
2: Can I, can I ask you how you protect yourself? I mean, energetically speaking, because I mean, it seems like you, you have a very, um, very strong and evident spiritual relationship to life. And Mm -hmm. so dealing with the darkness, I know that this is one area where, I struggle because I don't, I don't always, um, again, metabolize darkness well. So how is it that you protect yourself while engaging this stuff for the better good?
3: Um, I, I, uh, actually pray, um, quite a bit and, uh, just my own little, you know, inner prayers, uh, for protection, um, uh, I I think we can have, you know, personal relationship with a higher power. So Mm -hmm. um, basically that and just having faith um, that, you know, if you're a good person, you live in love and you just, you know, try to do your best. Like uh, it's all about um, living and learning and loving, you know, so Mm -hmm. um, as long as you're, you know, have faith in that, I think, you know, you'll be all right. I, I also agree. believe, you know, everything happens for a reason. Everybody has a path. Everybody has a purpose. Um, even these people who experience this really dark stuff themselves, they're victims. A lot of times they say even that, you know, they'll learn, learn something from it, you know, that they could have learned otherwise. Right,
2: right. So this actually brings me to a, a topic that is of interest to me, um, the idea of soul contracts. Are you you're familiar with the uh, with what that is, or
3: uh, I've heard of you know people agreeing to what they're going to do in their life yes. before they come. Yes, is that basically? Yeah, 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 mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So basically, um, you know, there's a couple different general ideas, and um, depending on you know which researcher or person you're talking to, but the general gist is that in between lives, we have. Um, the opportunity to kind of negotiate our roles in the next life, um, mm-hmm. and of course, the objective is that whatever role we take, um, regardless of our experience, it is going to benefit the greater good. And of course, mm-hmm. some people, in the scheme of things, in this you know this drama we call life, um, there is a lot of darkness that happens in the world. There is a lot of dark experience, and so the the idea would dictate that. Those individuals who, you know, all of these dark, horrible experiences that none of us would ever want to take on, um, they agree to do that. They agree Mm. to play this role in this lifetime. And even though we can't see, you know, immediately or, you know, on this level of consciousness, the role and the good that that experience, you know, whatever, you know, domino effect it has, um, it was for the benefit of humanity as a whole in the collective. So I'm curious what you think about that.
3: I totally agree. And it's hard for us to, I mean, we can't fathom really, we can't fathom that level of Mm -hmm. agreeing to something so horrible, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's true. I I believe, uh, yeah, we do agree to it and uh, it, it all does serve a purpose. And maybe also it's like helping us to get over it. Um, you have to experience it now, uh, and then so that we can move past it, you know, mm-hmm. and some good souls are taking on the hard work. And they agreeing, are, man. They know, are. Agreeing to experience it, you know, like you said, for the greater good, for our collective evolution.
2: Yeah. 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 And you know, that saying, you know, all the good ones go early.
3: Mm-hmm. I you think that, Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, the worst thing to be really is uh, too comfortable your whole life. So you I would never, agree with that. <laughs> absolutely. You never advance. And
2: no, I, I think absolutely. And I think that that's why I do what I do. I, I imagine that it's what, you know, mm-hmm. you're a human being who wants to evolve. You're on a path of a personal evolution. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what benefits you benefits the greater good. Um, and, yeah, I'm man – I, if I'm not challenging my boundaries, if I'm not feeling growth, then that's when depression, like that, that's when, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: when I get depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, but as long as I'm pushing my boundaries and challenging myself and, um, yeah, I think, I think that's what, that's what this is all about. Mm -hmm. I think that's why we're here.
3: Yeah. I have to be like, uh, creative in some, some way. So I take on a lot of different projects. Yes. Always be creating something. Um, That's why uh, me and a couple friends, uh, shout out to Eric and Jess, started uh, Strange Tales Weekly uh, on YouTube. And we just, you know, I have some editing skills, uh, Eric does. So we just started making random videos on on random topics. And uh, so it's good. Like, it's a reason for me to really dive into Mm -hmm. research, create something from it. For it you know otherwise i'm just reading stuff and you know i want i want to do something with the stuff you yeah know? yeah um, so that's that's been fun and yeah like like you said the depression starts when like you're just not doing something creative yeah
2: or, yeah when you're not in alignment with what your purpose is
3: mm-hmm. it
2: it yeah it's a dark place. Um, so what's next for you? What do you, Are you working on any projects right now? Are you writing another book? Um, um, I know you said you, you had never imagined you would be an author, but now here we have three books. So,
3: yeah. um, I've recently gotten the idea of a book that connects um, mind control with a lot of the stuff we're talking about, uh, satanic ritual abuse and um, trauma-based mind control and mm-hmm. how it started with um, – you know MK Ultra. I've always also had. Uh, have you heard of the Process Church of the Final Judgment from like the 70s? They're basically like I'm... this cult, but um, they uh, brought this idea out that like there's these uh, archetype gods: um, Lucifer, Jehovah, Satan, yeah. um, and Christ, and these are like the four main. Archetypes, but uh, like Jehovah is separate from Christ. Jehovah is like the Old Testament God, and then there's Christ, and Satan and Lucifer are actually different. Um, but basically, I've always been had this idea in my head of like trying to do something with that because I think there's some validity to that, just like, um, like these divine archetypes, and you can like separate things into those. Um, I wouldn't say I totally believe it, but it there's more to it but, well yeah.
2: yeah no I mean the whole idea of archetypes mm. I, I think that everything in this life just like there's no coincidences I think that everything is a metaphor Mm-mm. and the deeper you look that metaphor might change but it's a metaphor
3: yeah I've had that thought too like everything is like symbolic of um, something non-physical every
2: absolutely yeah. I, and w- whether it's a thing or a relationship relationships. Mm-hmm whether that's interpersonal or just relate like anything relating to any other thing. I, I strongly believe that that is a, is a metaphor for something. Um, Mm -hmm. and that everything around us, you know, if we're, if we're conscious, if we're centered, if we're, um, living in the moment, um, I think all of the secrets are just right there waiting to be seen in plain sight. We're just not, not ready.
3: Mm hmm yeah I've but, had uh, it's been interesting like seeing uh have you ever like been somewhere else completely and like you see somebody who's like the same archetype of somebody you know yes and, like <laughs> and, yes yeah so that's pretty interesting
2: it is interesting <laughs> and I feel like I feel like I'm an archetype because I can't tell you how many people and this is I'm talking I've lived in like six states I have been approached by multiple and like I'm talking multiple people in each state. What was the name? Uh, and they all called me by the same name. And this, this was like when I was in college, this wasn't even when I had the radio show. Um, was it Kim, Kim. I was Kim to these people. You kind of look
3: like a Kim. Yeah. Do I?
2: Is that what it is? I just have a Kim face. <laughs> so it's not mysterious at all. Okay. I'm a Kim.
3: No, but yeah, what was my mom thinking? <laughs> but no, that, yeah, that, it kind of goes along with it, though. I mean, it is mysterious, too. Like, yeah, you are this, like, archetype people pick up. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Gosh. and, like, thinking about that and contemplating that and sitting with that, if you were to do that, what what would you, I mean, what type of archetype would you want yourself to be? Or how would you describe well, yourself as an archetype?
3: Well... You can you can just uh, ponder
2: that. I'm not going to force you to answer <laughs>
3: i um, have been Scott. told i look like jesus i say.
2: you do yeah, so many of the pictures i've seen of jesus you, know, <laughs> you look like him for sure
3: the supposed uh yeah right white, the whitewashed the whitewashed <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah. i'm not no I'm, I'm not being the beatles right now saying that, that we're christ or something <laughs> but uh, yeah so i don't know yeah that's interesting Archetypes, but I think yes. that's like connected also to this, this whole energetic metaphysical occult thing. Um, like Satan could just be an archetype. It's not like, it's not an individual. It's just like a energetic frequency range.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, you know, I've actually had that thought about, say, for instance, Greek gods, or mm-hmm. you know, any culture who has multiple gods you can you can choose to look at that in any number of ways and um you know i think the way that i was taught to look at that in school is much different than the way i look at that now and i think that you're spot on there's a frequency that embodies a certain something and then that is the god or you know the metaphor of that thing mm-hmm. i think that's spot on absolutely
3: it's uh. It's I actually went to I went to Germany last year and I went to uh, Wewelsburg Castle and this was where the Nazis were doing like these occult rituals and this is related because um, supposedly they were trying to conjure up these old uh, their old gods um, and so those are kind of like archetypes as well so. Mm-hmm all these pagan gods around the world are their own. And I think they're fed by how many people believe in them. And so it's like a, a metaphysical um, food uh, pyramid. Right. Uh, so, you know, we eat physical food, but these otherworldly Energetic. beings, right. they feed off of our energy, our meditations, our prayers. And um, yeah, yeah. So, and like that's why these pagan gods are, you know, kind of dying out is nobody really feeds them them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And so the Nazis uh, were trying to uh, bring back some of those. um, Himmler was the one who was really into the occult and uh, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I stood in this weird, they have this weird dome room um, called the crypt. And it's all harmonically, um, like <clears throat> the sound reverberates, like you mm-hmm. whisper, and it like reverberates all around. So it was like some kind of energetic thing they were doing. And uh, Michael Aquino, the uh, he was a colonel in the army, and uh, the father right. of psyops. And yes, he wrote he, the manual. Yep, he, uh, he went there and did like some uh, satanic ritual thing. But yeah, he's a whole other story. I, supposedly he died recently. Um, it's debated well, on whether... Debate. Yeah, yeah, it's like just a small blip on his uh, website. Um, you can't really... You don't really know because they use like their own calendar. Um, it's like some calendar of uh, set or something. Um, wow. But yeah, so you don't, we don't really know. It says like September in the year of something, something. So we don't know if it was like last year, September, or just like recently. Oh, okay. But, uh, he, yeah, supposedly he died. Um, but he was the father of PsyOps and um, the founder of the temple of set and a high ranking military Satanist. He was very open about it. And he was on Oprah you know, with his, um, mm-hmm. his eyebrows with the little, uh, wings. Little is, are it, we really going the word little? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So has, little about those. And we had Douglas Dietrich on Strange Tales Weekly and he says that he worked with Michael Aquino, um, in San Francisco and he would, his job was like to, uh, well, Michael Aquino would bring all these magical grimoires uh, to this military base, uh, Presidio. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they would do uh, satanic rituals in the library. And um, when,
2: when it was an active base?
3: Yeah. Then it got shut down, you know, um, child molestation scandal. One the, of uh, the kids started coming home with STDs. And they, this Gary Hambright, I think it was his name, uh was like you know molesting raping all these kids there at the daycare so um it got shut down but and people uh some of the kids named uh michael aquino as one of the abusers and they like raided his home and everything and but he didn't never got in any trouble um and he would uh, always go to great lengths to shut up anyone who said anything like that about him. Uh, there's like, if you dig on newspapers.com, search his name, there's, uh, articles about how he like tried to sue an internet service provider because of something that someone said on like a forum like, he tried to sue that person's ISP and, uh, you know, of course it got thrown out, but, um, it's just a testament, and that's why you, you hardly find anything about him. Uh, they deleted his Wikipedia article entry uh, because he was a contributor to w- w- Wikipedia, one of the top contributors, and he requested. Really? Yeah, he requested that he not have an uh, entry, even though he's like a pretty important person that would have an entry. But you can see like the logs of them, you know, chatting about the deletion. And they said, you know, it would be in our interest to delete this. Um, yeah. Wow. That's so they talk about. They talk about the Temple of Set, um, which he founded, but there's no article for him.
2: Huh. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, he was kind of out of my consciousness because he there's not any reason he would come up unless you are deep diving.
3: Mm-hmm. Huh.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Uh,
3: so to me, yeah, that's part of the whole satanic uh, conspiracy. You know, he was a big part of it, I think. And, you know, people say, and I know, you know, now there's good and bad people in every religion. Um, so I wouldn't say, you know, all Satanists are bad, um, but I do think there's like an energetic thing. And when you're completely selfish, the, the Satanist thing is about destruction and just being completely yeah. selfish yeah. And um that's not how things should work. Um, you know, things that isolate that's how cancer ha cat cancer is like cells that, you know become their own thing instead of being part of the whole. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think that's kind of what like Satanism is, it's like ultimate selfishness, uh destruction.
2: Yeah, and I mean destruction is part of, you know, creation. Mm-hmm. So let's say that. But um I know for myself, when I am in a mindset that's dark, I feel it in my body and it makes mm. me sick. It makes mm. me feel ill. It like all of I get like the sinking feeling in my stomach. And I don't know how, how these people can like exist in that state yeah. and not feel sick. But I guess it's a different it's a different level of consciousness or who knows? Who I, knows I think what it is. At that
3: level, they become numb and they use drugs to and a lot of the testimonies from people who've been in satanic ritual abuse, they're given a lot of drugs yeah. and um uh you know, there's a lot of cocaine use in these like Franklin scandal parties, they were all about cocaine. So all of that numbs you you know spiritually and emotionally so that's probably the only reason they can do that kind of stuff mm. yeah yeah
2: <laughs> it makes my heart hurt
3: yeah but i think you know it's all coming out for a reason and we're, we're, yeah.
2: we're
3: work, work through it i think we're yeah
2: it. yeah i think so and again i i mean it really does make a difference the more people that this kind of bubbles up into their waking consciousness you know mm-hmm. whether it sits with them throughout the day or not i think that just Having an individual consciousness aware of this thing is going to affect the greater good, and it's going to kind of work itself through. This is going to evolve out of the system. I hope that's my mm-hmm. that's my hope, and it's in line with what mm-hmm. I've experienced as far as you know, energetic things. So,
3: yeah, I'd say um, surprisingly positive through all this. You know, I think it all happens for a reason, and we're going to yeah. get over it, work through it.
2: Yeah, and I think also again is knowing your own personal boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. I know that I'm very sensitive when it comes to these topics and I can only dive so far before I just, I literally can't handle it. And I'll go screaming into the streets like I'm a crazy maniac because I can't work Mm. through that emotion. Um, But I'm grateful for people like you who (laughs) (laughs) who have, you know, the fortitude to kind of, make it part of your life's work. So,
3: well, I appreciate you doing your work also.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. So listen, we only have like two minutes left, Axel. Um, mm. Again, I want to talk about anything you have going on. I want to, you know, give people your website, balthazarbooks.com, so that they mm. can buy your books and read your books and follow your work. Um, mm. Do you have anything upcoming? Is work or books or anything other than the YouTube and, and also the YouTube. I want to know what this this thing is that you guys get together mm. and do. I want to watch.
3: Yeah, Strange Tales Weekly. Check that out. Um, COVID kind of threw us off. Uh, we ah. haven't uploaded in a while. But, um, you know, I think I need a, a new project, really.
2: Um, oh, uh, that's moment,
3: exciting. <laughs> I'm not sure what's coming up
2: okay that's that's one of my most exciting places to to be is like to know the like know you've got to do something creative but not have yet kind of articulated what that is because the universe is your
3: i really want to get into like anti-gravity technology and um that kind of um we did a video on victor uh schauberger who um was doing uh the vortex energy so somehow energy is created um through vortex, uh, so basically figuring out this you know free energy stuff, electrogravitics and that mm-hmm. stuff. Kind of interested in that. We got to get these UFOs going,
2: right? Seriously, <laughs> and you're actually you're you're actually taking me back to my you know Adventures Unlimited press way back in the day when I was like I had every Tesla technology book on my shelf, and
3: those are the days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for the days. Hey, you should come uh, out sometime Illinois. and can visit the bookstore. You know what?
2: I swear to God, my best friend lives in Illinois. I'm mm-hmm. due. I'm due for a visit. So if I head out that direction, I'm going to look you up. And awesome. we're going to, yeah, you're going to take me to university. Yeah, it's, it's done. <laughs> so, Sounds good. <laughs> all right. So once again, everyone, Axel's website is Balthazar Books. That's B is in Bob, A-L-T-H-A-Z-A-R books.com. Um, between now and next week please stay abreast of future guests and topic information at the Q website you can find that at qpsience.org and next week join me um, when I sit down with Mark Ireland to discuss messages from the afterlife so thank you again to my guest Axel Balthazar Thank thank you to all of you for tuning in and offering us the gift of your attention and a big thank you also to my producer Bill and of course Amanda Be kind. Be helpful. Let's get through this together, everyone. I look forward to meeting you back here next Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern on KGRARadio.com for another conversation the world needs right now. Good night, everyone.